Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. This is going to be huge. Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at DallasSportsFanatic.com. And I am here in South Carolina, actually. I left Vegas. It was a great weekend. Had a great time. Then I was in Dallas for that one day when you heard that pod. And now I am back out on the road. Had in the one of the worst flight experiences I've ever had. And not on the plane either. But I'm in South Carolina for the Adidas Gauntlet finale. And I'm working with a company here uh, doing some social media stuff and just doing things like that. So I am here working that event. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. I am probably going to see Zion Williamson again. And uh, he's always really fun to see. It's just, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy to see this kid. He just turned 17. And Drake has worn his his jersey on Instagram, which is just insane. Like, when I was 16 years old, I can't even imagine Drake knowing that I exist or, like, knowing that people in, like, that seniors knew that I exist, <laughs> let, alone, let alone one of the most famous rappers and most famous musical artists in the entire world right now wearing my jersey. Like, where did he even get that jersey? He had to have that made, like, custom made for him. So he went out of his way to get that jersey made and then wore it and posted on Instagram. So that's just... It's insane to me, but probably going to see Zion. Dennis with Jr.'s old AAU team, uh, Team Loaded NC is here, so maybe we'll get some inside info about Dennis with Jr. Maybe we'll get to talk to some you know, coaches or things like that. We'll see what's going on with that, but that's what, I, that's what I'm here for. And I am not joined by Isaac Harris because the hotel that I'm staying at has to charge for Wi-Fi, and we are uh, we're not making bank on this podcast yet we're working on it we're growing it you guys have really helped us grow this podcast a lot so we really appreciate that and we're working on it but we're not we're not big ballers yet if you can't afford the wi-fi at a hotel you're not a big baller and we're not there yet we're not (laughs) we're not big ballers yet but i do want to talk about a big baller today and i just just read a piece literally five minutes ago before i jumped on i'm glad i saw this it's from uh steve ashburner from nba.com and I saw him at Vegas, and he was you know, trying to talk to Stephon Marbury, same as me. We were both waiting for him. And if you remember that story, he was the guy that gave up <laughs> before Stephon Marbury got off the platform that he was on. Uh, he was the media member that I talked about that, that kind of gave up and didn't want to wait for Stephon anymore because, man, he was making <laughs> it was almost like an hour. We were waiting for him. And he, he, he told Steve, he was like, I'll get you, I'll get you, and he never did. So. Uh, that's the sort of stuff that happens, and he's getting pulled in all different directions. And Stefan Marbury actually went and go, went and talked to uh, Sirius XM NBA. So it's not like he just like blew him off. He had to go do something else. So he just didn't want to wait long enough. But anyway, just sort of ironic that it was Steve that I had that encounter with. But I read this story about about Dennis Smith Senior and Dennis Smith Junior. And Steve in the piece compared them to Lonzo and Lavar Ball, which is fascinating to me and it's a fascinating relationship because you look at a lot of these athletes and 
who are they always thanking? Who are they always hugging on draft day? I mean, most of the top 10, those guys, who's the first person they go to? Who's their go-to when their name gets called? When, when Adam Silver goes up to the stand and he said, with the third pick in the NBA draft, you know, who are who is that player going to first? And you can tell sometimes when you look at players that they make a conscious decision and they know who they're going to first. And it has to be mom, right? It always has to be mom. That's just how it seems to be for a lot of these guys. And and it's it's sad that they're, you know, that a lot of professional athletes and a lot of NBA players are brought up in single parent homes. And it's, you know, it's not just the African Americans, it's not just, you know, that you know, type of player it is, you know, just all of them. And it, it's, it's so crazy. And there are guys, there are players in the league, obviously like, you know, like Seth Curry, obviously that had, you know, both parents involved in his life and things like that. But it just seems like the overwhelming majority, it, it is that way. But for the case of Lonzo and Dennis Smith Jr., they have these, in it, for lack of a better term, overwhelming father figures. And for Dennis Smith Jr., it was kind of the only parental figure that he had growing up. Uh, in the piece, Steve talks about how his, you know, Dennis Smith Jr.'s mom was, he sort of had some contact, not really, in and out, different things like that. So she was not around a lot. But to compare the two dads, they couldn't be, they could not be more different in the way that they promoted, in the way that they pushed themselves in the way that they marketed themselves and, and those things. It's just diametrically opposed and so different. LeVar, obviously, I don't even have to explain to you that he, he was on WWE Raw. He has been on Fox Sports 1. I mean, how many times has, been, has he been on FS1? I feel like every time you turn on that channel, he is on there. Or every time you go to their website. He is one of the first pages, or they're talking about him, or they're saying something about him, and then the shoes come out, and he's saying that he can beat Michael Jordan and all this stuff. It's just all this, it's this media circus that he's created. And to be perfectly honest, I am okay with that. I think that, you know, if he is a guy that is going to be involved in his kid's life and is supporting him and promoting him, the only difference between him and a crazy little league parent is the, is the stage, right? Is this is the stage? And yeah, he has said some dumb things. You know, the thing with Christine Leahy on Colin Cowherd, where he said to stay in your lane. Like they, some of that was a little bit like, okay, maybe this guy should you know listen a little bit, or maybe he should calm down just a little. And then you know he's gonna have some some dumb comments here or there. But the overall. The overall story of LeVar Ball, I think, is positive because it is a dad that's involved and a dad that's helping. And I've heard from, you know, Ramona Shelburne and, and Rob Palenka that they got to spend some time with LeVar at, you know, in Chino Hills to see what he does for that community and to see that there's, you know, dozens of kids that come out there every single day. It's not just the three baller bro boys. Like, you know the baller boys. You see them. You've seen them with, the you know, the jersey, the Laker, the UCLA, and the Chino Hills jerseys. Like, you've seen those. But there are other kids that are impacted by LeVar Ball. And so overall, I say that that's a, it's a positive relationship. It's a positive thing that LeVar Ball is that involved in his kid's life because the opposite is what we've seen from a lot of these guys where, you know, take, for example, Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose's dad is Bill Walker. And Bill Walker was a guy that played in the NBA. Uh, I believe I have that name correct. If I, if I don't, tweet me because that's kind of embarrassing. But Bill Walker was in the NBA and he was never really around for, for Jalen. And Jalen is very open about that. And you know, he had a dad that was in the league but wasn't really around 
you know, to see him grow up or to, you know, to be there for him or to, you know, to have contact with him. And he grew up without a dad. And that sucks. I, I do not know what that is like. My my wife has some idea of what that is like in her life. And I, I've seen how it affects her. And it just changes a lot of the way that you think about things and a lot of the, the way that you approach things in some ways. And so having a dad like LeVar that is, that is there and, and present is positive in and of itself. And then any time, any way that he's, you know, helping or getting involved above that, I think is above and beyond. And I think is awesome. So I'm pro LeVar ball. I think that he does, you know, he does some ridiculous things. I would do things differently. I am going to do things differently when I have my own kids. That's just what's going to happen. But I think that overall it has been positive. However, it's so opposite so completely opposite from what Dennis Smith Sr. has done. And Dennis Smith Sr., you know, runs AAU camps. He is, you know, a guy that is also heavily involved in his kid's life. He, you know, coached him. He was there for him. He, you know, was a big influence on him in basketball. And, you know, Dennis Smith Jr., in the piece that Steve, you know, Oshburner wrote, he taught him how to dribble. He taught him manners. You know, he taught him all these things growing up. And he was obviously a huge influence. And that's why Dennis Smith Jr., wants to keep the junior, wants to keep that on his back, and said in that awesome interview that he did with Seth Greenberg after the second summer league game, I believe, where he said, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's all about, you know, it doesn't really matter about the number. It's all about the, the name on the front, which is Dallas Mavericks, and the name on the back, which is Smith Jr. And it's that, I mean, gosh, we are going to... Mavericks fans, you are incredibly spoiled. I'm just going to I'm just gonna straight up say that right now because you've just had and are still having and are still experiencing 20 years of Dirk Nowitzki, who is, by and large, you know, he has an unobtainable place in this franchise for any other franchise. There is not, I don't think that there is one player that means more to one franchise than any other franchise. Maybe Michael Jordan to the Bulls, but even that relationship, even that relationship between Michael Jordan and the Bulls, and I'm getting completely off topic now. This is what happens when I do a pod by myself. Even that relationship between Michael Jordan and the Bulls, he left for those two years, and then he went and played for the Wizards afterwards, and there's just some weird stuff, him in the front office and all this. Dirk and the Mavericks are, you know, tried and true. And then you have, let's say you have Tim Duncan and the Spurs, but now they have Kawhi Leonard, and they also have Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili. And there's not really those secondary-type figures that are almost there, like that are almost on the level of, of Dirk or a Duncan for the Mavericks. They just don't. They, they haven't had those type of players, and it it's what makes the 2011 championship so awesome, and we brag about as Mavericks fans, brag about it all the time. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm well aware of the 2011 championship and how awesome it is, and anytime it gets brought up, you know, it blows up on Twitter and, you know, all those things. We just see people say, like, you know, it's the last honest championship and things. But he means so much to this organization and so much to this franchise, so much to this city. And now you have Dennis Smith Jr., who is probably going to be that type of player again. Just by watching him, and I'm overreacting to Summer League, <laughs> and and it's not necessarily the play to me. It is how he carries himself off the court. The humility and the you know the way he answers questions the maturity and just the you know the fact that he you know cares about loyalty and of course you know Durant came out and said he cares about loyalty when he first came out into the league and we saw kind of saw how that went where you find out it's a business and loyalty doesn't really mean as much as it did when you first come in but by and large 
You've seen, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. throughout these couple weeks, and it's amazing. <laughs> and to be honest, Mavs fans are spoiled again. And for those of you that maybe didn't do the Dirk Nowitzki thing right, that you didn't go to enough games, or you wish you had gone to more games in his prime, or you maybe you weren't old enough to go to games by yourself and your parents wouldn't take you, do not miss this opportunity because this guy's only going to be a rookie once. He's only going to be a second year once. He's only going to, you know, he's only going to have, you know, all these things once. Take advantage all that you can of this kid's career because it's going places. And if it doesn't, I will, I will, you know, will be very sad to be wrong. <laughs> but from everything that I'm seeing, everything that I'm hearing about, he is the talk of summer league. He is the talk of all these NBA people, all these real smart. <laughs> there's, I'm watching the Lakers Sixers game right now on TV, and Justin Anderson sitting on the sidelines. It makes me laugh. But Dennis Smith Jr. has been the talk of all the guys in summer league. I just listened to the Ringer podcast where. Kevin O'Connor and, and Chris Vernon just talked about, you know, how great Dennis Smith Jr. is for a good 10 minutes and how that was what everybody was talking about at Summer League. And it is. It's what everybody was talking about. And it's going to be one of those things where you look back and say, how did all of these teams pass up on this guy? How was that even possible? How did they do that? I, d I don't even know. But going back to the difference between Dennis and Sr. and LeVar Ball is that quiet confidence. And Lonzo was not allowed, you know, like arrogant type guy. He is he and Dennis Smith Jr. are pretty pretty you know equal in my mind as far as temperament. But you see that you see the humility in you know Dennis Smith Jr. you see the, see the maturity and I think that's a maturity that Lonzo probably doesn't have. And does it come from the dad? Does it come from the way that the dad, you know, operated? Does it come from the way that the dad raised raised their son? Who who am I to know? I'm just obs I'm just observing the differences and saying that there's not one right way. I haven't raised kids. <laughs> I haven't birthed kids. You know, I haven't gone through that yet. But to look at the difference between their two dads, and they're both positive relationships, but it's fascinating just to see how they carry themselves and to see the trajectory of their career and to see how their fathers are going to are, are going to impact their careers in that way. I just thought that was fascinating. And the word humble and humility keeps coming up with Dennis Smith Jr. And I can just completely see it coming from his dad. And I think that's something that, Mavericks fans are going to totally get behind because he's a guy that's going to come in. He's going to do his work. He's going to be humble about it. And he's going to, you know, play hard. And that is something that Mavericks fans really embrace. They completely embrace it. And I'm saying they, but I'm really talking to you guys. <laughs> you know, you know that that's what you embrace. You embrace the guys, you know, like the Brendan Haywoods, like they're not the Brendan, Haywoods, the Brendan, <laughs> Brendan Wrights. You, you know, you embrace like the Devin Harris types. You embrace those guys that you know, just come in like Charlie V. Remember Charlie V? You're just going to embrace guys like that, that come in, they do their work and, you know, kind of go against all odds in that sense. And so those are the, those are the two dads that I, I just wanted to compare and contrast. And I'm sure we'll hear more about Dennis Smith Jr.'s dad, Dennis Smith Sr. I guess I could just say Dennis Smith Sr. That's sort of self-explanatory statement, but we'll hear more about him in the coming future. But just, you know, be aware of that's where he's coming from and that's, you know, how Dennis Smith Jr. got to this point in his career. All right, so we have some Mavericks news from today. The Mavericks have signed Maxi Kleber, who is a 6'10 big man that can shoot threes. <laughs> Stop me if you heard this before. From Würzburg, Germany, the same city as Dirk Nowitzki. And... He's going to get the comparison to Dirk. 
obviously. Be prepared for that. Everyone sitting at home right now, everyone listening to this on your way to work, everybody listening to this, starting their day off, be aware that he is going to get these Dirk comparisons that are completely unfair. And I think it's a great signing for them. It's a, you know He's 25 years old. He was, you know, by all accounts, he was going to be a high pick. He was going to be, you know, maybe a first round, or like early second round pick. He's had a bunch of injuries, so he's a reclamation type project. But he's a guy with an interesting skill set that Mavericks fans know very well. The one thing that I, I've seen that's different than Dirk, obviously, is the you know he that Maxi can block shots, and I've seen him you know under the rim block a ton of shots, and I think that's something that you know the Dirk never really got at that point. He's blocked a bunch of shots, and if you go to Basketball Reference, you search Dirk, he's blocked a ton of shots just by sheer volume of minutes and being in the right spaces. But I think. Maxie's more of a guy that'll swat shots, that'll actually, you know, affect and alter shots in, in, in a way that Dirk never did. So, but I, I wanted to hit the Dirk conversation and the Dirk comparison conversation because a lot of people, and there's a somebody on Twitter that hit that hit me up, and uh, I wanted to give you, I guess, should I give you a shout-out? Maybe I shouldn't give you a shout-out. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't give you because maybe you don't want it. But uh, Laura, at LA41, she is obviously a huge Maverick fan, and she was upset that people were comparing and saying, is Maxi Kleber the next Dirk Nowitzki? Is Maxi Kleber the next Dirk Nowitzki? We've done this for so many guys. Is Andre Bargnani the next Dirk Nowitzki? Is Kristaps Porzingis the next Dirk Nowitzki? Is, you know, Laurie Markkinen the next Dirk Nowitzki? And it's a conversation that's going to keep ha- being had because no one has gotten close. Kristaps Porzingis is probably a guy that's going to be there and get close but he's with an organization that I don't know if you can obtain that level if he stays with the Knicks. I just don't think that he's going to be able to obtain the, the heights that Dirk did if he stays with you know, the Knicks, which I don't have to continue that. If you want to hear more about that, listen to Mass Fanatic Podcast because I know Taman is going in on the Knicks all the time. <laughs> I just, that's just what he's doing. But the conversation about comparing players to Dirk should be a flattering one. It should be one that Mavericks fans go, yeah, that's our guy. That's our guy. And you're trying to find another guy that looks like him or that plays like him or that reminds you of him. And that's a good thing. It's not a good thing when you have – like, who, who, has anybody ever said, this guy is the next Carl Malone? This guy is the next John Stockton besides John Stockton Jr.? <laughs> nobody is. Nobody has really, you know, said those things. And why is that? Are those guys forgettable? Probably. Is it because, you know, John Stockton didn't really talk to media, Carl Malone was sort of standoffish, and, you know, all these things? Probably. It's probably why you don't hear about them in the media too much. But even with fans who don't necessarily have interaction with players on a daily basis, that we don't really hear some of these guys. Like, nobody says, who's the next Clyde Drexler? Like, that's just not a, that's not a thing that happens. Sometimes you hear, who's the next Charles Barkley? Uh, and then there's other times where you have a player like Shaq where – there's just not going to be another one. <laughs> it's a, he's a unicorn, and it's never going to happen. But Dirk has a skill set that players are now starting to adopt, and he has pioneered. He is the complete pioneer of this skill set where he is a, you know, a big man that can shoot the way that he does and affect the game in the way that he does. And that should be something that Mavericks fans look at and say, you know, yeah, he's a guy that brought us national attention and brings us the national spotlight because he had a skill set that's different. And the comparison is is there and it is you know 
whether it's fair or not. And I think with Max Kleber, it's not really fair. It's just literally because he's tall from the same city and he can shoot threes. <laughs> Other than that, I'm just not sure that it's there. And I'm not sure that he can even, you know, get, you know, a fourth of the way where Dirk is obviously. Dirk was a, Dirk's an MVP and he was a M- finals MVP. But the ne- don't don't turn away the, the, the next Dirk conversation. I think Mavericks fans should embrace it. I think that's something that Mavericks fans should look at with pride because – you're trying to find somebody that's as good as the guy that we had and have still. I, I talk about it in the past tense because the prime the prime is past tense, but Dirk is obviously not past tense. Dirk is forever. Dirk will continue on forever and ever and ever. So embrace that conversation. It's worth it. I think it's good because when we don't embrace that conversation, we keep turning it away, turning it away. We don't want Dirk to be forgotten, and I think that's one way as fans that you can keep Dirk's not memory, but just Dirk's legacy like alive forever and continue to do that because Michael Jordan's legacy, you know, by all accounts stretches through so many different things. And one of those is comparisons. Obviously he has the shoes, but comparisons, he will always thrive. And I think LeBron's is going to do this as well because he was sort of the first player that we see like this and people are going to try to compare him, you know, to other players forever. And now insurance minded speeches from Geico. Hardship. My grandmother would go through it every month to pay her insurance bill. First, she would handwrite a paper check, in cursive. Then, using her own tongue, she would wet a stamp for an envelope. Today, however, we need not weary our hands and tongues. Today, we can pay our GEICO bill with the GEICO app. Away with hardship, in with bill pay on the GEICO app. Thank you. Okay, a couple more things in this podcast, and we'll we'll end it. It's kind of getting kind of laid out here and i have not a ton of sleep but there's just so much stuff going on right now we have to do a podcast every day and i know you guys are wanting it so summer league the mavericks are going to be playing the kings tonight and hopefully we'll get our deer and fox and dennis Smith jr face off it's not looking great <laughs> i think that there's just been there's been a couple things i think darren fox didn't play tonight wasn't able to watch the game because i was flying but uh, let's hope so because if we do, if we get this, if we get the De'Aaron Fox, Dennis Smith Jr. matchup, it is going to be a great one. It is going to be awesome, and I'm so excited to you know see these two guys square off. And uh, yeah, so hopefully we'll get that. If they win this game, they move on. If they win another one, they move on to the championship. So Mavericks are continuing, and they are still undefeated, even though they had a bye. They're still undefeated with Ding. Still undefeated with Dennis Smith Jr. Still undefeated with Brandon Ashley. <laughs> Still undefeated with uh, one more guy. Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but just the guy, all the guys that were only in Vegas. Jonathan Motley still unde- still undefeated with Jonathan Motley. Eight and zero with those guys. So they're still killing it in the summer league. And yeah, sure, it's only summer league, but just be excited. It's good basketball. We're gonna see Dennis Smith Jr. again. He's gonna keep playing. And we a couple days ago we were thinking, man, is Dennis Smith Jr. gonna shut it off for the rest of summer league? And for now, it looks like that he's not. So be okay with it (laughs) and have fun. Enjoy these summer league games. They're super fun. All right. The last thing I want to get to in this this podcast is Mark Cuban was on Sirius XM NBA. And how this is working in summer league is they just have the Sirius XM booth table type thing type setup right behind the basket where the players usually go. 
And if you're looking on the broadcast, it's to the right of the you know the camera the camera angle right there. It's to the right of the you know the benches and stuff right there behind the basket. And Mark Cuban admitted that he was he made the final call on passing on Giannis Antetokounmpo. And this is a this is a conversation that we bring up a lot. This is a conversation that will continue to be brought up by Mavs fans and people. Anytime the draft rolls around, people are going to be saying, "Well, we passed on Giannis. Well, we we passed on Giannis and Tukupo, so that means that the Mavericks are bad drafters." Yeah, the Mavericks have not been great drafters. They have not made great decisions on draft night until this year, obviously. But that was one that a lot of people missed, and <laughs> a lot of people missed for different reasons. But it's it's interesting to me that it's finally coming out now that he's admitting that Cuban's admitting that he was the one that decided to pass on Giannis and that it was everybody else. He said everybody else in the room wanted Giannis and he made the final say. And Cuban said, all we had was two tapes and someone who would go see him. But we were trying to get Dwight and trying to get Dwight Howard. And that was that right now, obviously, in hindsight, in 2017, what is that, three, four, four years later, four years after the fact, that is, you know, you cannot defend that logic. <laughs> if you look at it from from today's perspective and you go back, there's no way that you can defend that logic at all. You just can't look at that and say, well, we'd rather have Dwight Howard than Giannis. Like, that just makes no sense. But if you look at it from where the Mavericks were, they still had Dirk that was, you know, not in his he – was, he was falling out of his prime, but he was still a good player, like a really good player. They wanted to surround him with – you know, with great talent. And this is one of the reasons why, you know, the, the loyalty conversation that comes up over and over again, the Mavericks are showing loyalty to Dirk by trying to and continuing to try to surround him with people. This is why the, you know, the, the Paul George to the OKC Thunder move is is a good one and is, is fine, is because they're at least showing him that they're trying. You know, look at the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers have made zero moves that make sense so far, and they're not really showing LeBron that, that they're trying. And should LeBron leave because of that? Maybe he did the first time. <laughs> That's what he did the first time in, you know, in Cleveland. He left. We've just seen over and over these guys that have these teams that don't try, that don't go after people, that don't, you know, don't take risks. And the Mavericks have tried to take risks, and everybody bashes the front office for this. They bash for going after Dwight and Darren Williams in that time. They bash for going after LeBron and Carmelo and things. But they tried. They gave. They, you know, they tried and they went for it. And Everybody says that they should have just re-signed Tyson Chandler and gone for it, but I don't know if that makes your team better. That just sort of mucks up your cap space. And how much better was Tyson Chandler getting? Like, yeah, Tyson Chandler was good at his peak, and he was obviously, you know, the best. He was the best center on a championship team, probably the best center in, in Mavericks history. But to go to the next level and to win the way the Mavericks did and to win the way the Mavericks had to win, they, you got to go after somebody else. You got you got to upgrade. You got to go for something that makes you significantly better than you were the year before. And so they took those moves. And I think it was fine. And for them to pass up Giannis to try to get Dwight is inexcusable now, but back then I think it was fine. And I think that that was just the way that the you know, the way that they're going. Now, the pick that they made, which wasn't didn't that end up being Kelly Olynyk, eh, that's not a terrible pick actually. But then they traded him, got Shane Larkin, and that one was bad. That's not, that's not great. Even hindsight, even even as it happened, everybody was a little excited about Shane Larkin. But when we look back, what, what were we really expecting from Shane Larkin? Like, what, what was he going to come in and do? That that is not a win now move. That's not a win now player. That's not he's not really even a player at this point. 
in the NBA. Not really a contributor, not not a rotation guy. So I just wanted to get that off my chest because I think a lot of people give this front office a bad rap. But look at the things that they've tried to do and look at the things that these other front offices like Mavericks fans, again, you are spoiled because you have not had the Lakers front office or the Kings front office where the Lakers just signed, you know, Lou Aldang and Mozgov and the Kings have done crazy things forever. Or the Knicks front office that is just, you know, trying to trade. Imagine if, if the Mavericks tried to trade Dirk like when we ju- we were realizing like back in the early 2000s that he was going to be good and we were like, man, like look at Dirk and Nash together. Dirk is going to be Dirk is going to be so great and nobody like him. Who's going to stop this guy? And and all of a sudden, Donnie Nelson comes out and says that he's thinking about trading him. <laughs> Just be like a revolt. So be thankful and be happy that you did not have the Knicks front office. And they made a move. They made a move. They added Maxi Kleber. It's another young guy. It's some somebody interesting that we can look at. It's somebody that's just you know gonna you know bring you know bring more eyes from Germany. And we're gonna see the interaction between him and Dirk and see what it's like and see them going at each other in practice. And I think it's gonna be good. So to end this. Dennis Smith Jr. is great. <laughs> Maxi Kleber is probably going to be okay and is a good, a pretty good signing. You got the Summer League game tonight, if you're listening to this, on a Thursday. You have it tonight against the Kings. If they win, they move on. Lose, and you go to the loser's bracket, I believe. And if they do, then probably that's when everybody sits out. That's probably when Dennis Smith Jr. is out, probably when Yogi's out, Dorian Finney-Smith is out, and blah, blah, blah. And Cuban passing on Giannis and admitting that he was the one that made the final call is inexcusable now but in hindsight when it happened it was fine and it was the way that the team was going and it's probably better that they did that because if they would have gotten Giannis then all of a sudden your timeline is just all messed up you have this young guy and people forget that Giannis came into the league and he was two years away from being two years away he was you know at a point where he needed a lot of work and a lot of reps and he got all those reps and would he get those same kind of reps in Dallas that he got in Milwaukee when they were terrible. <laughs> they were getting, you know, the second overall pick and they were, you know, they were a playoff team one year, but and then this past year obviously, but you know, th- he needed to get those reps and he needed to be in that kind of system and he was able to do that. So, would he be the same player in Dallas? He would probably be very very good player, probably an all-star level player, but would he be the exact same player? Probably not. That's all I got for Locked on Mavs. I'm Nick Angstead. Follow me at Nick Van Exit on Twitter. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. And appreciate all those guys giving us reviews. There are some guys like uh, like Taney Town. Taney Town that is stepping up. He uh, he, sa- he said that he uh, rated us twice on iTunes, and we really appreciate that. He said he has two different – he's at Downscreen Man. Thanks so much for, for rating us on iTunes twice. We really appreciate that. He has two different accounts, and he rated us on both of them, which is awesome. We really appreciate that. I also need to give a shout-out to at DSJ underscore SZN, which is Dennis Smith Jr.'s season, because he found me in that picture that I tweeted out a little while ago. So shout-out to you, man, for finding me. And I'm pretty sure I know your tactics because I was tweeting some pictures, and so you probably just looked at the pictures and tried to match where I was to those pictures and tweet me if I got it right because I know you will. So shout out to those two guys for you know always interacting on social media. You know, tweet me at Nick Van Exit. Go ahead and rate and review on iTunes, guys. We really appreciate it. And thanks for listening to Locked On Mavericks. Peace out. Boom. It's weird to be better, so.